episode is that? 44. Hello. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the On Our Plates podcast with me, Sonia Flower, aka Sonia Aguado. And me, Laura Scott, aka Laura Scott. And me, Skinner Ashley, aka <laughs> Ashley Skinner. <laughs> welcome. Welcome. We have a guest, another one. Our fifth guest on episode 44. Oof. Nearly would have been the perfect. That's my favourite number. 44? Yeah, I just like fours. Mm. Yeah, I used to live at number four. My mum, it's my mum's favourite number, so it's now mine. Yeah, four's ours. Mm. Four's our family number, really. Lovely. See, I always thought that four was like a really popular favourite number, so I feel like really like against it. Oh, against it being yeah, my own favourite. Oh, and it's 44. Mm. Oh. It's an omen. <laughs> it's not an omen. <laughs> is it, are double number? numbers meant to be like really, like... Um, what's what is it in bingo? What? Oh, 44. Scores on the doors. 44. Mm. Is it? I don't know. I just know legs 11. Of course you do. Two fat I ladies. I need two fat ladies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 44 bingo. Droopy drawers. Oh, yeah. Hey. <laughs> Droopy drawers 44. Not sure about that one. Anyway. <laughs> yeah. Episode 44. We're here with Ashley. For those of you who don't know, most of most of you will know who she is because it's only our friends that listen (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah we met through work um tell us a bit about yourself Mm. and why you're here and why i'm here um so yeah so we all met at work and i work at the same place (laughs) 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 Uh, on the pr team which if anyone knows anything about public relations it takes over your life so yeah, a big part of me, a big part of me is kind of being a PR. But other than that, the reason why I'm here is because a year ago I got diagnosed with endometriosis. And the only reason I managed to get diagnosed is because I found an article and thought, yeah, this hits all the spots and this kind of like says exactly what's wrong with me and all my symptoms. And I went to the doctor and was like, I think it's this, can you refer me? Got referred, um, got diagnosed. And that's why, like, now it's just so important to me to kind of, like, spread that awareness and kind of, yeah, to keep delivering that message because I might speak to somebody who's, you know, exactly like me, has no idea what's wrong with them and kind of keeps getting fobbed off. Um, So, yeah, so I am doing more on my main account, which is Skinner Ashley on Instagram. Yeah. But I also started another account, which is dear.sunflowers. And I sort of started that a year ago when I got diagnosed and kind of found, like, this group and community of like other women who also had endometriosis and it was pretty much the only thing that kept me afloat at that time Mm. um because it's a real kind of like lonely disease and yeah so what is endometriosis so endometriosis is um a tissue similar to the endometrium that can grow elsewhere inside your body so so anywhere anywhere oh yeah so it kind of yeah it has People have this assumption that it's to do with, like, women's health and, like, yeah. periods and, like, all of these sort of things. And it is, to a certain extent, like, a lot of the symptoms are around that. But um, endometriosis has been found on every single organ except the spleen. So they found it in people's, like, behind people's eyes. They found it, it's, like, oh. on the bladder, on the bowel. They found it in people's appendices. It's, like, collapsed people's lungs. Like, it's very, very serious. And it's not being taken very seriously yeah. at all. Well, yeah, I, I literally thought it was just 
Like yeah, I thought it was something yeah. to do with the womb. I, I didn't really know mm. what it was. Yeah, so it's quite it's quite scary. And it's like, mm. I feel like even when I sort of found this article, I didn't realise the actual proper extent of it. Yeah. But yeah, so it's it's tissue similar to the endometrium. So what for anybody... the endometrium? So if you don't know what the endometrium is, yeah. it's basically, you know when you have your period and the lining of your womb sheds? Yeah. That's, that's what the endometrium is. And then endometriosis is similar to that. So again, these it will grow in other parts of your organs and instead of shedding, it will still bleed. So that's why it causes the inflammation. So if you have oh. it elsewhere, say you have it in your um like near your lung, then that's you might get pain in your rib. Okay. So it can be in men and women. It's only been found in people with uteruses. Okay. But yeah, obviously if you're respectful of like the trans community and yeah, stuff like yeah, that, yeah. then it can technically be found in men. Yeah. Um so when so, like, say it was on your lung. What, is it, like, internal bleeding or what? Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah, internal bleeding. Yeah, someone's actually... Yeah. I recently saw they posted a video of, like, their surgery being done and they found, like, they have a picture of, like, the endometriosis actually, like, bleeding into, like, their internal organs and stuff. And that's why I was like, so your internal organs can get stuck together <gasps> because of, like, this ble- this internal bleeding. And obviously that's quite serious and it's mm-hmm. quite an extreme case of endo. But it's also important to know that however far along your endo is, it doesn't correlate with the pain. Okay. So you could have, like, really mild endo Mm. and still be in a hell of a lot of pain. Oh, my God. Yeah, so talk us through where it started for you. So Mm -hmm. when you started, like, what symptoms did you experience? When did you start experiencing symptoms? Um, Well, I kind of... I know now that I've been having symptoms since I was 19. Shit. Um, Because I've kind of, like, gained access to all my medical records and stuff like that so I would go to doctors at 19 with like um cystitis like mm. symptoms so they would treat it as if it was cystitis even though cystitis wasn't showing up on like weed tests and things like that I would go to doctors about bloating I would go to doctors about um being really sensitive to food feeling sick having really mm. bad periods quite a lot of stuff really and then around the time I was 21 I was at like the health checkup center, like STI center, and was having a routine STI test. And they were like, oh, do you want a smear test? And I was like, going down there, might as well. So you were at 21? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So like just in my, obviously it's meant to be 25, isn't it? Mm. But just in my area, they were doing it. So and I was like, why not? So I did that. And I had some bad cells come back on the report. And this happened, so they then monitor you more closely. Yeah. And it happened about three or four more times. So I ended up having an operation for that. Is that when they do the... Uh, the lasering yeah. off of it? Oh. Yeah. I mean, Touchwood, I've not had any issue since. But because of that, and because of having like these symptoms of like bleeding um, outside of my period or like bleeding after sex mm-hmm. or like similar things to that, they would always send me for more smear tests mm. or more STI checkups. So it kind of masked it all. Yeah, because... From a smear test, you would immediately assume like mm-hmm. cancer cell, or like they wouldn't, they yeah. wouldn't probably connect the no. two. And again, with STI, they're not gonna. Oh, that's so annoying. Yeah, and I was also like on the pill. I was pretty much on the pill from when I was fourteen to like twenty four, and would like go on and off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was only around the time I was twenty four that I was like, "Don't like this. Doesn't suit me." It never suited me, but I think you know you just you just put up with it. Yeah, yeah. you kind of just put up with all the symptoms. And when I came off it, about a year or two later, that was when I had started having really, really severe pain and it was constant or it was um, 
So the pain with endometriosis can be really cyclical. Mm. So so like your first week of your period, it would be like horrific pain. But my second week, that would be like the time when I felt my best because, you know, the period had been gone and I was awaiting like ovulation. Then ovulation would be pain again. And then by week three, I would go into this cycle of having cystitis-like pain, thrush-like pain, and then having like bowel pain. So I actually got to the point where I would just plan it all and know that on a certain time in my cycle, I'd have to take laxatives to like ease it. And like just before that, I'd be like having to like drink cranberry juice and Mm. stuff like this. So it was just kind of like really insane. Yeah, just like that that was part of your norm as well. Mm. Yeah. Because where is your endometriosis? So mine was found on my pelvic walls and the uteral sacral ligament, which is basically the, it's like, a I think it's a muscle, I could be wrong, next to your sciatic nerve. So I get quite a lot of sciatica pain. What's that? Back, back pain. I'm so bad with like medical terms. So it's kind of like a pain um, underneath it's like a your nerve. Yeah, yeah, it's like a nerve, um, and it joins kind of everything up. So it it starts like in your back or like underneath your bum. A bit like coccyx pain. Yeah, maybe. really similar to that. And it, but it, sometimes it will shoot down to my thighs and down to like my foot. That's Shit, mental. That's mm. wild. So like some days I'll just be like, I'll find it really hard to walk, and I'll feel so like knackered from walking as if mm. I've like just been wading through treacle all day because my legs would just feel like so like they'd be in pain but they'd also just be like really really tired yeah mm. so then when how did you find the article so when <laughs> and what was the article as well? yeah we'll link it <laughs> I don't know what it was actually now but when I was 27 I um so I also kept going to the doctors with a pain either side of my ovaries and they eventually sent me for an ultrasound and they found quite a big cyst on my ovary. Okay. So I would keep getting monitored for that. And then eventually, because I had so many in like a short space of time, they were like, you have polycystic ovaries. Mm. And that was around the time I was 27. So from that, I was researching polycystic ovaries quite a lot to kind of figure out what the hell else was going on mm-hmm. and why I was experiencing enormous pain. And I just sort of sidestepped into an article about endo just because I was researching that. And then from that, I found the Vogue article with Lena Dunham, who has endometriosis. She actually ended up having a hysterectomy, which isn't a cure for endo, but she, that's what she decided to do. Mm. So hers must have been, like, around, what is hysterectomy? Your womb. Your womb, yeah. yeah. I don't know if she had... <laughs> We're really, really not scientists. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother's going to be ashamed. Yeah. I don't know if she had... Um, so... Endo- Your feet are tiny. Sorry. <laughs> They're so small. Are they two or three? They're two, like, yeah. yeah. They're actually the size of my hand, including my nails. That is mad. Sorry. I don't know if Lena has adenomyosis as well, which is basically the same as endometriosis, but it's inside your womb. Mm. So that's having a hysterectomy is a cure for adeno. Okay. But isn't a cure for endo. Because I saw that the one of the biggest misconceptions is that having a baby mm-hmm. reverses it. Yeah. I posted that the other day. Yeah. And I posted like, oh, imagine being told that you have endo at 18 and you then you being to told it. that you have to have a baby. And someone actually messaged me and she was like, I was told this at 15. <gasps> which is awful. Like, can you just like... So did she do it? No. I don't know if she did. I don't think she did. But... Also, like, it doesn't help. No. I think it solves the issue of pain and everything during Mm -hmm. those months that you're pregnant. 
But there's no cure for endometriosis. Oh, really? There's Yeah, there's nothing. So, And is that because there's not enough research into it or is it just a thing? Yeah, there's not enough research into it. And also we're on... We're kind of on the back of the back end now of there just being no research into women's health. So like historically, they've only ever you know like lab rats and stuff when mm-hmm. they like research on lab rats and things. They would only do those experiments on male lab rats because female lab rats and females in general have so many hormones and throw out so many like inconsistencies throughout the month that they were like, well, this is a fucking ball lake. We're just gonna do men. But the thing is, you would think, and I'm not just saying this because I'm a woman, but you would think if women are such complex creatures biologically, then why are you not more interested? Yeah, Yeah. like that's really a challenge to. Oh, let's find the cure for that. Yeah, but rather they'll just cut the corner. Yeah, and use male rats. Well, it's kind of like I mean, this going off on a tangent, but it's like when they were looking into the contraceptive pill for men. Oh, and then they were like, oh Oh, no, no. there's too many side effects, but they were the same side effects of Mm. the female contraceptive pill so the theory behind that is like the scientific theory is that yes there's the same side effects as women but because women have when they're pregnant experience all of those side effects Mm. they're not held to as high a standard as men who never get to experience those side effects naturally (laughs) which is complete fucking bullshit (gasps) it's like infuriating and also you're only pregnant for nine months out of your pregnancy Mm. or your life potentially if you don't have or you might not ever have children so you might never experience that at all obviously so many things that can go wrong when you are pregnant and a lot of women now are having you know are kind of really really watched the whole time throughout the pregnancy Mm. because they have like really extreme morning sickness or like all these other things so you know our pill should be better developed than it is anyway so when you were on the pill Mm -hmm. was that masking your symptoms yeah it completely masked my symptoms but in a good way, or um, I guess it's yeah good that you weren't having the pain, but at the same yeah. time you didn't know that it was all going on. No, and it got to like basically I came off it because I'd just gone back on it and I'd been on it for about three months, and I'd gone on a holiday. It, I got come off it for a, very, a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was I got on this holiday, and I didn't enjoy myself. Like mm. I felt no emotions. Like mm. I was not overjoyed I wasn't really sad I was just like I was in like the most beautiful place and I was just like really like meh about everything and about my whole life like everything and it was only when again I was reading this random fucking article actually about a pregnant woman and she was talking about her really really extreme IBS that she had Mm. during pregnancy and she was talking about going to the toilet or needing to go to the toilet and passing out and being in like hot sweats and all these things and I was like oh my god this is me and she was saying it because of all these hormones. And I was like, fuck, it's me. I've been back on the pill for three months. It started again. It's obviously the pill. I need to come off it. Mm. So I came off it. And around a little bit after that, I basically also found out that I can't have dairy, mm. in particular lactose and casein. But there is lactose in the pill. Oh. So I think it was setting a lot of the, quite a lot of things okay. off. So I think, yeah, I think maybe towards the end, I've been on it for too long. And also... It masked a lot of the symptoms, but maybe Mm. then the symptoms were getting to such a point that they were coming through. Anyway. So then, once you were diagnosed, what happened after that? It's awful. They're literally like, you've got endometriosis, see you later. Like, they don't tell you anything. So, for anyone that doesn't know, there's no way to diagnose endo except through laparoscopy surgery. 
So you have to go under anaesthetic mm. and be have keyhole surgery and they will look at all your organs and move them around. And if you have a surgeon who's skilled enough to do it, at the same time they'll complete either ablation or excision surgery to remove it. So ablation and excision are like two different surgeries. And if you think about it in terms of you want to get rid of a weed from your garden, if you trim the top of the weed, It'll the weed back. will grow back. If you trowel it out, it won't, it's less likely to grow back. So ablation is trimming it. Okay. Excision is getting rid of it. And excision is called like the gold standard of surgery. But many, many, many surgeons are still performing ablation, which is so dangerous. And it actually leaves women with more scar tissue. And it means they're obviously more likely to grow back endometriosis. But because of the scar tissue, the scar tissue basically fuses organs together. So you're more likely to end up in a more of a state. Mm. and it won't necessarily help you at all so then there's like no win solution really because no well excision surgery is meant to help you and i think now finally i'm kind of feeling the effects of it helping me you have excision yeah but i think like going into it i didn't know that these two things existed Mm. and i don't think anyone does yeah so do they even explain all of this to you no no one explains this to you so yeah because like where are you meant to get this information from then like it's thank god we live in a time where we've got the internet yeah, and we've been able to yeah research imagine women like in the past mm. they just would have to go on suffering and not know what was wrong with them it's horrific that some articles and even like articles where you'd go and look for them and think they were like medical professionals still say that hysterectomy and having a baby is a cure mm. so there's this real gap mm. in information yeah. and obviously like a lot of people will probably put off by diagnostic surgery and throughout my whole time of trying to get diagnosed, so from me going to the doctor and being like, I think it's this, mm. it took me a year to see my surgeon have the operation. But in that time, I had about six cancelled appointments. And I wrote to, obviously, in the UK, there's an 18-week referral scheme. And if you bypass that, you can sort of moan about it and they'll mm. get, you, get you in. So I had a moan. And they got me in and I saw this gynecologist and he was like, endo is just bad period pain. He was what? like, yeah. He as well. He. he. Yeah, he was like, it's just bad period pain. I don't know why you're telling me that you keep feeling like you have cystitis. He's like, it's nothing to do with that. He was like, let's do an internal then. So obviously t- internal is basically, you know, getting medically fingered. Oh. Fucking gross. Worse than a smear worse than the smear yeah so he had like you know for want of a better term a bit of a poke around and he was like his words to me were actually you are not in enough pain during this internal to have endometriosis what do you want to do and I was like I want to have the surgery he's like okay he's like but I'm not promising you we're going to find anything I was like okay so he referred me for surgery anyway (laughs) so that's that internal that I wasn't in enough pain Mm. in to have endometriosis actually made me bleed for two weeks <gasps> so like all of these things i was just like it's not normal and did, he, did you go back and tell him that as well no i never saw him again which is really annoying because mm. i would love to go and rub it in his fucking face yeah but yeah as and if then, that could make you bleed for two weeks oh yeah but i would like i would bleed after sex and stuff mm. and it wouldn't always be it wouldn't be constant it would be but, sporadic enough that i would be like oh I should, you know i'll go to the doctor's yeah. again so I wasn't overly worried about it because it wasn't constant. Yeah. But yeah, and then when I had my surgery, so the morning of, he was like, what do you want to do? He was like, you can have the marina coil fitted and it will cure, it will stop your endometriosis from growing mm. anymore. 
Or if you don't have it, because obviously at this stage we didn't do the surgery, then it might help some of your symptoms anyway. And I was like... The coil is in the contraceptive coil. Yeah, and I was really like, I don't know what to do. Like, I don't, I'm not... Like, after all my time being on the pill, I was like, I don't agree with it. It doesn't mm. agree with me. And I made the decision because... I made a decision to have it because he made me feel really guilty that it would help the situation if... So, like, if you turn it down, it's like... Yeah, and it was, like, almost like, oh, I'm guaranteed for it to grow back if I don't have it. And the other thing that was, like, making... Persuading me to have it was that my mum has adeno, and she has, so, the internal... The endometriosis inside your womb. Yeah. And she has the coil, and it helps her. So I was like, you know, genetics here, like, maybe... is it hereditary? Yes. Right. Okay. So another thing where they actually should have looked at it and thought, maybe, yeah. maybe you have this. Um, so I had the coil fitted at the same time as my surgery. And after surgery, they're pretty much like, on your way. They see you again in three months. Three and months? Yeah. I went to doctors and stuff like that because I had, I pretty much had stitches up until about four months that didn't dissolve straight away. Mm. Um, and they got, one of them got infected as well. So I had to have like another course of antibiotics. But, um, when I went back to him and I was like, I'm in awful pain. Like, I would literally... When I... I went back to work way too soon. And this is the other thing they don't tell you. They're like, you'll have a week off. I had about 10 days off. And I went back to work and it was too soon. Like, I literally would come home from work and would cry and lie in the fetal position because my pelvis was, like, on fire. Like, it was just so painful. Honestly, it was fucking awful. It was, like, the worst time of my entire life. And I went back to him and I was like, I don't feel any better. And he was like, give it, give it six months, see if it helps you. What, Obviously, just be in pain for six mm. months? <laughs> so they were like waiting for the coil to start working. And the whole time through this, I was like, I don't know if this is recovery or if this is the coil not mm. agreeing with me. And I kept it up until six months and I made the decision to have it out because two to three days, every time I got my period throughout having the coil, I would have this pain where literally I felt like my uterus was trying to escape like, was, like, literally dragging me down. Like, imagine, like, attaching weights to your uterus oh. and feeling like it's dragging you down. I'd walk around my flat like this, like, wake up sweating, like, covered in sweat, and, like, hunt for painkillers and wouldn't be able to do anything until those kicked in. Mm. And I'd only ever had that pain throughout the whole of my life twice. Oh, really? Over the space of a few years, and I was getting it every month with the quill. So I was just like, it's got to be this. Yeah. Like, it has to be this. And I was trying to get an appointment to have it removed and they kept cancelling it and I was getting so annoyed because I was just like, it's really horrible as a woman to have something inside you that you can't get rid of. Mm. Like you feel, I felt really like... Helpless. Like, yeah, yeah. You can't, you, even though it's your body that yeah. you're not in control yeah, of. Yeah, I felt like, like I wasn't in, violated in a way. Yeah, I felt really violated and it was making me really <laughs> upset because I was like, I've made a decision now that I want it out. I just want it out. And I just so happened to have another follow-up with my surgeon and he was like, how's it going? And I was like, I hate it. I want the coil out. I'm still in so much pain. He's like, I'll take it out for you now. So he took it out for me then and there. So I didn't have any time to kind of prepare like, mm. mentally or think like, because obviously everyone says that like, the coil was awful being taken out. And all what that. Do yeah, how do they put it in and take it out? So I was obviously asleep when they put it in. Yeah. When they take it out, they literally just put like giant tweezers. Like they put the speculum in and oh, put yeah. giant tweezers in and just pull it out. <laughs> Didn't feel a thing. Like, oh, literally yeah, didn't feel you. it being taken out at all. But straight away, I got sciatica pain. Like, literally straight away. And I was like, it's been this the entire time. Yeah. I know it has. And after I had it taken out, like, I feel I could work out again. Because it was getting to the point where I would go for a run and I would call into work 
sick for like three days because I couldn't move. Like my pelvis would be like so inflamed. But it was obviously like that the entire time. It's so hard as well because at the end of the day, we all know our bodies mm. better than, and, and you know, doctors are well-trained. I'm not dismissing that. But when it comes down to it, you know, that if you're going to the doctors about something, you it's because you, you know there's something wrong. And yeah. You're not going there for a laugh, but unfortunately, sometimes they are dismissive, and because you've maybe never been before, or they've not seen your whole medical history, then mm. they don't know. You know yourself as like better than anyone else, and yeah. unfortunately, when you are in front of a medical professional, and you always want to put your trust in them, but sometimes I think you have to yeah. trust in yourself and know that you know best. Sometimes, yeah. I think my journey, like, I've actually been quite lucky in that. Of it, the, the annoying part for me is that I had to piece it together mm. and I was the one that was like this is what it is but I didn't come I didn't come up against them at all for them referring me they were like yeah, yeah that's fine the only time I come up against it was like kind of that gynecologist yeah and um, who was like you don't have it so I think I was quite lucky because I know I've heard horror stories of people going to the GP and them not mm. wanting to do like giving me even a blood test or anything so and I guess like because it can affect any age and stuff as a 18 year old you would 100% have that trust in doctors and you will listen to everything that they do whereas as I guess you get older and Mm. wiser then sometimes you'll be like well I'm gonna just push for it whereas you'd be like okay they said it I'm fine I saw a doctor recently at the hospital for like potentially a separate matter potentially something related and we're still figuring it out but he was like, he sort of laughed at me because I was telling him all this stuff. And he was like, you're way too young to be so cynical. And I was like, it's taken me 10 years to get diagnosed. Yeah. Like, there's a reason. There's a reason. Yeah. But it is strange, like, how much kind of confidence people do, some people mm. still have in doctors. Because um, also, like, even when you just said then about going to the doctors, and I don't think I've ever been asked, you know, I get asked, oh, has anyone in your family got maybe high blood pressure? Or there's a few tick box questions, but endometriosis is never, breast cancer's up there, mm. but endometriosis, has, I've never been asked if anyone in my family has it. And I'd obviously, I, I probably would have known. Yeah. I would know because they would have told me, but mm. it's that it surely, just from hearing your story, and I know that there's thousands and thousands of women out there that have got mm-hmm. stories like that, but surely it needs to be something that. Is it's more so severe, yeah. yeah. I don't think they know enough about it, and mm. I don't know how true this is, but I've heard that throughout their medical training, it's a 45-minute seminar. So it, it's really no wonder they don't know enough yeah. about it. But yeah, it's, they, they need to. It's mm. one in ten women, and I think it's actually probably a lot more, because a lot of people probably just, just aren't diagnosed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But one thing <clears throat> that I did realise... Well, I actually didn't realise until about two months ago... Um, I was talking to my friend and she was like, I have really heavy periods. And I was like, oh, mine are all right. And she was like, yeah, um, I have to change my tampon like every five or six hours. I was like, I change mine every hour to two hours. And it, you know, that kind of startling realisation of, oh, my periods are heavy. Yeah. Yeah. I always thought they're normal. Yeah. And especially now looking through my medical records, the whole time that I've been seeing gynecologists throughout the years and whatnot, when I'm asked that question, I'm like, yeah, they're normal. But they're actually but not. No, one's, no actually, one's normal, is the thing. No, yeah. but they're not actually asking you. Like, they shouldn't say, 
are your periods normal? It should be how much, how often do you change your pad? Yeah. How yeah. often do you change your tampon? There needs to be a, a more, there needs to be a better marker for that. Yeah. Because yeah. Yeah. One person's normal is another person's. Yeah. Oh, they're fine. Or yeah, because oh. that's just, if that's what it's always been and that's what yeah. you're used to, that mm. is your normal. And I guess it is that thing of it's case by case for everyone, so it is so hard. Mm. But you should treat it as a case by case and not necessarily be like, oh well it's not as bad as this person that came in the other day because mm. yeah it's still there it's still a thing yeah my mum when she was going through um so my mum didn't realize she, she had adeno until quite late in her life and when she was like going through perimenopause which is like the before part of menopause and she was at the hospital and they were like take this cup so you know like you know like a water fountain cup like kind of like them little beakers mm. take this cup and um like fill it up basically with a wee with her blood. Oh. And so she went to the toilet and was like holding it over. I don't know why they asked to do this, by the way. But um, she sort of shouted to the nurse and she was like, I need another one. And she was like, the nurse was like, oh, right, if you, like, is there something wrong with that one? She's like, no, I need another one. She was like, can I come in? She's like, yeah. And my mum had filled up the cup with her blood <gasps> because she was bleeding so heavily. So it's really common to bleed really, really heavily with Adeno. And the nurse was just like horrified and it was like clots and all this stuff. So there needs to be, like, more information yeah, and kind of, like, awareness, awareness yeah. around that. Because bleed, like, passing clots every month that are, like, bigger than, like, a 50p coin is dangerous. Yeah. Jeez. Blimey. So where are you now? Like, how are you managing it? How's everything going now? <laughs> Much better since I had the coil out. So you want any contraception now? Not on any contraception. I recently got that natural cycles app mm. thermometer thing because before I had the operation, like I was saying, I kind of knew when my cystitis was coming, knew when my bowel pain was coming, knew when I would have period pain. Mm. My cycle's all over the place at the moment and I'm kind of not really clocking when things might happen. So yeah. I've got the natural cycles app just purely to track my cycle and kind of figure out where I am, yeah. when I might ovulate and then plot everything else in. Do you use Moody Month? As well. I didn't get on with that. So it took me a while, mm. but I'm into it now. Oh, okay. and I think it's it's helping me. Maybe I should try it again. Yeah. Because I do. I like the premise of the app. Yeah, and the log. Like it's more yeah. like the mood of Moody Month, but um. Yeah. It, you can like log memos and like rate how you're feeling about like body, world, um, like literally it can be anything. So you yeah. say like how like energy, sex drive, constipation, but also stuff like work, money, family, mm. relationship. Um, and you can literally leave a memo like every day. So I think once you get into it, it's good to refer back to. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I've heard natural cycles is good as well. Yeah. I log on like flow and that mm. was what I was using before I got diagnosed and I was like really regimental login and I was kind of like regimental login again after I got diagnosed, but I just find it really depressing. It's so depressing to see that you basically have pain every, every single day, day yeah. whether it's mild or serious. But yeah, I'm, I'm having a lot more like milder pain, I would say. And then it's just more serious around kind of like my period. Mm. And then I get exhausted really, really quickly. So there's this whole like theory with like chronic illnesses that you have a certain amount of spoons a day. So like you'd have like 12, for example, and like four would be like washing your hair. Two would be like making dinner. So then you've got half left already and you've still got to get to work and like do all these other things. And I think I'm, like, a much more abled person than, like, most of the chronic disability world. But, yeah, I find, like, doing certain things just wipes me out. And even just having, like, a job Monday to Friday 
wipes me out and I'll quite often spend all weekend doing nothing Mm. because I'm exhausted but yeah I think there's so many factors of like managing it that isn't spoken about with the medical professional at all but since kind of starting my other account and like meeting loads of endo girls through that and having yeah it's that community and yeah you can all share tips and yeah literally just even just having that person to share an experience Mm. with it's so much I messaged in the day and I was like guys do you like get a sore throat really often because I pretty much have a sore throat more often than I don't have a sore throat and they were like yeah me too yeah me too and it's like this weird thing that you don't you would never think is related Mm. and then someone else messaged me about it she was like it's because we're so we have a lot of food sensitivities it's really common for it to go hand in hand and apparently if you have too much acid you get acid reflux and it gives you a sore throat so that could be another thing that's happening to us but like no one speaks about but yeah they're all like just amazing we just Mm. like oh been doing trying this supplement it works really well like yeah and one of the girls i met through that does keto oh yeah the diet and she says she's like i'm not shitting you she's like but if there's a cure for endometriosis it's keto she's like it literally got rid of all my symptoms really so i've been trialing that for like past two three weeks very Mm. loosely probably not even keto probably just more low carb yeah because i guess keto is a lot of like high fat and stuff like cheese but then if you can't even have oh yeah no i don't eat any dairy but um you have to say below 20 grams net carbs which is like really hard so i've like not even got there yet but slowly trying and i've definitely found that it's made a bit of a difference Mm. But then I feel like it makes a bigger impact when you don't do it because then you're like, fuck, I'm tired. Yeah. yeah. My auntie, a, a couple of years ago now, she, she fell down the stairs, she tripped over a cat, mm. good job, you in a flat, <laughs> and hit her head. And she can no longer taste or smell because of what that the brain injury. I mean, she's oh, absolutely what? fine apart from that. Yeah. But um, she said that it was, she discovered on Facebook that there was this community. It, there's obviously a scientific name for it, which I don't know. Um, <laughs> but. And it, it was that sense of community that really, really helped her and kind of got her through it because she said, obviously, it, it happened and, again, she went to the doctors and they were like, yeah, it could come back, could not come back. That's all they could tell. It was one of those things, like, yeah. not much research into it. But it's, like, through people saying, oh, you should try gin or try, like, uh, I think she can have, like, really, really spicy curries and she might get a bit of a... She a said that it's like, Yeah, <laughs> like, obviously, it's, like, mental as well. Like, if you have, like, a sour sweet, you know it's going to be sour because mm. it says it on the packet, but... Mm. yeah it must be so easy to like eat more healthily when mm. you can't taste anything yeah. anyway but yeah no the community side of it mm. is like 100% the only thing that kept me afloat like during that time and the name so dear sunflowers comes from because it's is it sunflower oil as well as yeah so things. I can't eat sunflower oil which is the most annoying thing and I mean I told some people before and they're like why is that annoying it's not in anything it's like, in everything isn't it it's in everything like you literally won't even realize but it's in all crisps. Yeah. It's in like a lot of um it's in McDonald's, it's in Nando's, it's in I don't even know, like I just I just know now what I can and can't eat. Like mm. MS use it quite a lot actually in a lot of their products. And then I also can't eat coconut, which is I feel like the three things I can't eat, dairy, coconut and sunflower, are like this horrible, vicious cycle. Mm. Because if you can't eat dairy in a restaurant, they're like, Oh, we've got this vegan menu, but it will be doused in coconut. Yeah. Mm. So, like, eating out was, like, an absolute minefield. And even now, sometimes I'll go to a restaurant and they'll be like, yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fine. And then I'll leave and my stomach will balloon and I'll be in pain. And it's like, well, I've obviously eaten something, something I shouldn't. In, yeah. And people just don't understand the whole knock-on effect of that mm. because if you eat something you shouldn't eat, then 
a few days later or like a few hours later mm. you'll be in pain and it will flare your endometriosis like all your organs are so close together that if one is upset like it's gonna upset the rest like of them effort. yeah mm. so what is like a normal quote-unquote eating day for you um oh god i don't feel like i have any like normal eating days i really wish i was one of those people that could have like a ritualistic like food plan morning is probably so the other thing that helps with um endo is intermittent fasting yeah so I quite often like skip breakfast I cheat a little bit and have like coffee instead just to keep me going yeah I, I do try and do that as well mm. but it's the co- I have yeah. to have the coffee in the morning <laughs> yeah um and then since I've been trying out keto I've been loving I've been having like meatballs and courgette mm. um what else do I make I so is meat that. fine Meat's yeah. Yeah, I would love to, like, eat less meat and stuff, but... I mean, slim pickings for you. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's imagine too restrictive. If, like, imagine if you wanted to be a vegetarian or vegan, but then you can't have coconut, you can't have sunflower, you can't have yeah dairy. Well, if you're a vegan, you wouldn't have dairy anyway, but, yeah, it's mad. It'd just be so hard to, like, eat out. Really, really hard to eat out. And I found it really annoying going on dates because yeah. I am that annoying person. And, like, if anyone's, like oh, do you want to go on, like, a food first date? I'm like, no. <laughs> like, I yeah. need, it needs to be, like, day three or four. <laughs> yeah. Go on, so breakfast, you skip breakfast? Skip breakfast. Yeah, then I'll usually Is caffeine have, okay? Caffeine's okay, yeah. Probably have too much of it. Mm. Probably need to stop. Yeah, then I'll have, like, meat, courgette something, or, like, a salad. Yeah, and then I just kind of snack on nuts and things. Is that all you, that, that's your day? Yeah. When I'm, like, when I'm trying on to it. do, like, yeah. carbs, Yeah. <laughs> If I'm doing carbs, Me and Laura are like, like, oh god, worst nightmare. That's it. <laughs> That's the day. Yeah, but not always. I mean, I've been terrible this week. Yeah. It's all here soon. And then in terms soon. of like pain management, mm-hmm. what do you do? Is it more like holistic or like natural or do, mm-hmm. do you like hammer the Neurofen? What's the crap? Oh god, yeah, hammer the Neurofen. I ha- so I take Feminax. It's the only thing that touches my pain. What if, is that? <laughs> it's like specifically for period pain and you know neurofen is like 200 milligrams so i think mm. this when you take two is 370 okay, okay no maybe it's 370 each i'm not sure oh. they're strong and if i'm in a really really bad pain day then i'll take them with sulpidine but it literally makes me really high so i have to eat with them because otherwise i'm high <laughs> like it's ridiculous but get my courgette yeah so i was taking that concoction quite a lot before i got diagnosed and I've only recently started taking it again, mm. which is a bit concerning because I'm like, is it all coming back? Yeah. Um, but other than that, I use BU period patches, which are amazing. Ooh. They're like kind of like a menthol, they're sort of like a, yeah, more of a menthol natural heating pads. Okay. And they have like eucalyptus and other stuff in them. And they literally look like a giant plaster. You put them on? Put them on my stomach, put them on your back, put them on my legs sometimes. They're really, really good. And I just have, like, a rolling subscription to them. Oh. For, um, this is a bit random, but it might be good for your legs, actually. So mm. when I, I don't know who it was. I, I used to get massages at Clarins. Mm. And, um, I, I, I <laughs> Who does she think she is? <laughs> I mean, I say used to. I've had about three. Um, so that counts as a routine in my mm. eyes. And I always used to get my, I've always had migraines all my life. Touch wood, I've not had one in... Mm maybe this year that forehead would never work the mm. um cooling strips would never work but oh. this woman at clarence was like try this lotion and it's for legs it's for, it's called like jelly legs no jelly legs is the pregnancy thing but it's basically this blue moisturizer that's mm. for tired legs and it's, mm. it's like a supplement for like 
well, not supplement, but pregnant people use it. Yeah. But she said, try it on your head. And it literally makes your head freezing cold. But mm. it's really nice. So I mean, have to tell me what it is. Try it on brand. your legs. Yeah, it's yeah. Clarins. Some, well, I'll send you a picture of it. I've still got yeah. some. And it's lasted me. I mean, the last Clarins massage I had was about mm. three years ago. So. I'll <laughs> <laughs> yeah. for ages. Yeah. yeah. I use um, CBD oil as well, mm. which is really good. And what do you do? Is that like on your tongue? Or? Yeah, no, I just rub it in. So yeah, oh. I was taking CBD oil like orally for a mm. while. And then I felt like it was quite good. It was really good for my mood. Mm. I was taking it when I had the coil still. It was really, really good for my mood. And it was also getting rid of any like mild pain. So like niggly pain. But like would not help with like the really bad flares. Yeah. Um, and I just kind of stopped taking it because uh, I just grew to hate the taste of it. It's mm. not very nice. So then is this more like a treatment that you can just apply Yeah, I just like skin? literally just stick it on and I have it, I've like decanted it so I have it like one in my handbag, I have one at work, mm. I have a hot water bottle at work. I've recently bought like a heat mat pad thing. To sit on. To sit on and like can, I literally go to bed with it most nights and just like wrap it around, like either lay on it for my back or like wherever the pain is. I get pain in my vagina sometimes so I'll like... Some, one of the girls in my group chat told me this, to put a heating pad on the outside of your knickers. So it's, like, oh. there. Amazing. I bet that feels very nice. Yeah, I used to suffer from cystitis quite badly when mm. I was younger, and then I've recently had another bout. <laughs> <laughs> but they say that for cystitis as well, like, sitting in a hot bath or, like, mm. putting a hot water bottle between your legs, I would do that, because sometimes yeah. I'd wake up in the night and I'd just be in agony... I'd be sitting on the toilet. Nothing just, comes. Yeah. But just, but you can't move from the toilet because you feel like you need to yeah. sit on the toilet and push, kind of. And you're just like, uh, and I then like a drop will come out, and you're like. <gasps> but then I would make a hot water bottle and just lay in bed with it between my legs, like. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, I do that a lot as well. It's very good. Quite nice, even if you don't have to start it. Yeah. Yeah. Just something warm between your legs. <laughs> between your legs. <laughs> That'll do. Um, I feel like if we covered misconceptions. So, misconceptions, endo is just about period pain. Mm. It's obviously not. It covers, like, a lot of stuff. So, pain-wise and symptoms-wise, you can get... Where do I start? <laughs> Back pain, stomach pain, and stomach pain can range from, like, your standard kind of, like, period pain to, like, all over, burning, ripping, gnawing, feeling weighted, feeling heavy, or kind of barbed wire feeling, like someone's gone in there and literally just, like, strangling you and then pain yeah pain in your legs like sciatic pain all the way down recently i've been getting a pain in my chest which is really fun so that will feel like tightness or just like almost like a period pain like in your ribs Mm. get shoulder pain quite a lot like it just like really aches had shoulder pain so bad the other week that it went into my neck which was very annoying so i had to go and get a massage i go and get massages quite a lot Mm. yeah feeling like you have cystitis feeling like your bladder's constantly full and it's painful, feeling like you have like a cyst. So when you have a cyst on your ovary, it feels quite pressured. And if you're really full from eating or you need the toilet or you need a wee or it feels like really, yeah, like just like like loads of pressure and Mm. quite like just really uncomfortable and sore. My ovaries quite often feel like they're turning and twisting, which is like, it can range from like uncomfortable to like really painful. And then one of the most fun pains, which thankfully I don't get a lot, is like a knife up the bum, which is really fucking painful. And it's usually like, I usually get it after I've been to the toilet. And it's kind of, it's awful. And you kind of can't sit down for like 15 minutes after it's like gone away. What the hell? 
And I think quite a lot of people get that when they have bowel pain, um, bowel endo, which I don't have, mm. or that I didn't find. But yeah. Wow. I'm sure there's like a host of assignments. So yeah, it's really com- common to have food sensitivities. It's really common to have other chronic illnesses, yeah. like PCOS or adeno or fibromyalgia. It's really common for them all to go hand in hand. There's still a lot of theories up in the air with endo. Mm. And one of the theories is that it's an immune disease. So it's actually your immune system that's attacking your body and kind of causing this, rather than it just being like gynecological. But yeah. Wow. (laughs) You're a hero. (laughs) Literally, I don't feel like it. Oh, as if I've not covered and fatigue, you just feel like you can have like the best night's sleep and you'll wake up and feel like you've been hit by a bus. I'm sweating. I wake up sometimes and my face is like moon face, like so swollen. My eyes will be swollen. And it will go down in like an hour or so. So like never ends up going into work with it or anything. But yeah, and I never I never put the two and two together until I met another girl who was like, yeah, my face I, my face swells. It's like, so does mine. Like even my nose will swell. Really? Jesus. Yeah. It's li- you just take things for granted, don't you? Like, yeah. So what would you advise, like if someone's listening to this mm-hmm. and they're recognising some of these symptoms in themselves... Mm-hmm. What would be your advice? So, oh, the other thing I actually haven't mentioned is endobelly. Having bloating, mm. like really severe bloating that happens cyclical or really chronically and like a lot. Like I can literally go up two to three dress sizes in a day. It's not normal and don't let anyone tell you that it's normal and don't let anyone tell you that it's just fucking IBS because it's probably not. I mean, I've already said like food sensitivities is really common for it to go hand in hand. So if you're listening to this and any of these things are ticking the box or there's more than one thing ticking the box, go to your doctor and say that you want to be referred for endometriosis. Make sure you're getting excision surgery when you're having your laparoscopy. I mean, who wants to go under the knife essentially more than once? Yeah. Unnecessarily. And obviously you can drop me a line if you want to ask any questions about this at dear.sunflowers. Yeah, so the community is a very important aspect Mm. in it. It is, yeah. And I don't think... I don't think you stumble across it. Like, you have to kind of seek it out. Yeah. Which is very... It's annoying. It's unfortunate. But... Yeah, and I guess if that... You're not that kind of person or... Then Mm. stuff like this will help and... Yeah. And going back to, like, trusting your doctors, I think a lot of people initially when you're trying to get diagnosed you trust your doctor and you trust what they're recommending yeah. and suggesting to you so you don't automatically like seek out the community but I think it's so important to um to the point I've recently had a f- like someone I know from school message me and she was like oh I, I've had quite a lot of people actually message me be like oh I have it too so I'm like cool when did you get diagnosed like asking questions mm. and they're like oh I've not had the surgery yet I'm having my first surgery next month and I'm like, okay, well, are they doing, are they taking it out at the same time? Are they going to get rid of any of it? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, are you having ablation or excision surgery? And they're like, I oh, don't know, I'm going to ask. And when they ask and they have an ablation surgery, they're like, what's the difference? And I feel really like, when this first happened, I was like, I don't know what to tell you. Because I'm like, what, what I'm about to tell you isn't, you're not going to want to hear because you mm. wait so long to be diagnosed. And then to find out that the surgery that you're about to have isn't going to help you, you probably shouldn't have it. Mm. Probably is really overwhelming to hear. Yeah. But at the same time, I was like, I wouldn't feel right not telling you this. Like, if it was me, I would rather have known. Yeah. And I just got extremely lucky that I ended up having excision surgery rather than ablation. 
because um, I'm sure I'd be in a world of pain right now otherwise. But yeah, so I sort of had to tell someone that and like the first time I was just like, I'm sure you're like so overwhelmed right now and the conversation just kind of went dead. So I don't mm. really know what they've ended up having, but hopefully it's not that. Sure. It is, that is mental. Mm. There's like girls in like Australia and stuff. So Australia is quite up on endometriosis and a lot of girls there have it but mm. I think it's because they're better at you know recognizing it and diagnosing it more quickly but some of the girls are like, have the coil and are taking like contraceptives and stuff at the same time to like manage this pain and stuff wow. and they're being told like the wrong information so like for me when I got told to have the coil because it will stop it from growing that's not true mm. it's a lie like all it does is mask your symptoms so the, that information yeah, I feel like isn't true. Surely that's a little bit of common sense as well, the fact that you'd been on the pill all this time and then the minute you came off it was when hmm. you realised actually something isn't right here, but then, oh, the coil's back again and yeah. here are all the symptoms. Like, mm. oh. It's just so, so frustrating. Mm. Like, we deserve so much more for the medical industry yeah. than what we're being told. Yeah. Mm. Doesn't give you much faith, does it? No. And even, like, these poor girls that are having hysterectomies expecting to be recovered, like, how is having a hysterectomy going to help your endometriosis that you have on your bowel or your bladder or your lung? Yeah. Mm. It's not. Wow. Shock. But, yeah, I think it is important that we give it a voice and, like you say, like, you're there to talk to if anyone feels like they resonate with any of those symptoms or whatever or... Like you say, there's a huge community mm-hmm. there available if yeah. you find it. Yeah. But, so you're so, not alone. Yeah, don't suffer in silence. No. no. And it is, it's so lonely. It can be very, very lonely. Mm. Like all these things that you've just got like no idea why they're happening. Or... Mm. I mean, some of these girls... So another thing is having pain with sex mm. or having pain with orgasm. So some of these girls can't even, like, use tampons or, like, have sex with their boyfriends and stuff. And that's not it normal. Is, yeah, like, it's such a either. huge thing, yeah. Mm. It's literally, like, all life-consuming, like, yeah. from having a relationship to mm. going for brunch with your friends and be like, oh, don't think I can eat that, or... Oh. Yeah, to a working week wiping you out. Yeah, yeah. give the girl a medal. Yeah, <laughs> That's literally. what I say. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us and hopefully it can help people out there yeah yeah hopefully is the event the event no so we were planning an event but due to recent coronavirus outbreak obviously it affects people with low immunity which yeah. kind of goes hand in hand with endo so it wouldn't really be appropriate to host yeah. an endometriosis event and expect people to come at a dangerous time yeah but stay tuned stay tuned yeah definitely what is on your plate this week? Eating. No, sorry, listening to. <laughs> God, she still doesn't know the order. <laughs> so this week I've been listening to B I T C H by Megan The Stallion. Hey, very Ooh. good. I'm really loving it. I just think it's really like it's like a really good party tune, or like to get you ready for the day and feel like okay. empowered. Empowered. Yeah. Yeah. Go bit. I listen to it on the way to work quite a lot, and I'm like, yes, I'm ready for today. Sassy bitch vibe. Mm. What about you? Oh, yeah. Um, I was torn between two. They're from the same soundtrack. It's Future, Nowhere. There's also a Miguel song, which I'm obsessed with at the minute, from the Superfly soundtrack. It's old, but 
Lovely. That's great. What about you? We Will Always Love You by The Avalanches and Blood Orange. Lovely. Yeah, it's great. What can't you stop eating or craving? Oh, so this week I've had a really bad week and, well, no, I had a really good week and then Thursday came and since Thursday I've managed to eat McDonald's twice, which, <laughs> as we've covered... It's Sunday. <laughs> it's only Sunday, so I've had two McDonald's since Thursday, Thursday and last night. I've definitely had two in 24 hours before. So. Yeah, and but the worst thing about it is, which we've already covered, I'm actually intolerant to it, <laughs> so I shouldn't eat it anyway. What do you oh, get from yeah, McDonald's? So, I'm always intrigued by people's McDonald's orders. Chicken selects. Yeah. Love them. Three and, or five. Oh, it depends. Always five. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes three. Okay. But only if I'm getting a hamburger on the side. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And on Thursday, I had a Big Mac. And I got extra Big Mac sauce because I was like, it's new. I yeah. need to try it. What? You can get extra Big yeah, Mac sauce? Yeah, yeah. a big pot. <gasps> yeah. Oh, I'm yet stunning. to try it. But, you know. What been, drink? Mmm. <laughs> Diet Coke. Oh. Yeah. But last night, as I was ordering my McDonald's on my way home from brunch, oh, that sounds weird. We brunch and then we went out, so it was, it's reasonable <laughs> for me to be hungry again. <laughs> it was bottomless brunch. <laughs> <laughs> this um, homeless woman came up to me and she was like, will you buy me a burger? So I like ordered her an entire meal and then ordered myself an entire meal. So I was like, karma-wise, I'm good. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's good. What did she want? She got a double cheeseburger and some fries and a latte right. mm, yeah my mum gets a latte sometimes mm-hmm. what about you um so i mean i know we joked that oh we're all gonna say udon noodles after ashley's just made us a delicious lunch but um just asian food in general i've had some cracking asian food this weekend like what Love so asian food. stir fry gets a shout out Steph also made Nazi Goreng on Friday. What's that? Which was delicious. It's a bit like... So she made it with rice. You can have it with noodles or rice. But it's a bit like a special fried rice kind of. Oh, It's delicious. Lovely. So good. Yeah. What about you? Um, A lemon surprise. What's that? So, last (laughs) night, me, Perry and Jordan ordered Chinese. Yeah. Well, it wasn't, we didn't really order, like, a proper Chinese. So, basically, he came round, he brought cheese and crackers, and then we were, like, still a bit peckish. So, I ordered salt and pepper fries. Oh, chips. Chips. Who are you? Jordan and Perry both ordered plain chips, but Perry then got noodles your... and curry sauce. Jordan got, I nearly said that, we called Jordan Anna. Anna got salt and pepper prawns. Mm. And then we also got desserts. From, oh. So, oh, they're so delicious. So, I got a lemon sorbet, but it comes in a lemon. Oh. So, they cut the top off, yeah. scoop out the inside, and put the sorbet in. I'll show you a picture. What was what was this takeout? Sounds out? epic. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's called Hangs. Yeah, I've seen it. Is it on delivery? Yeah. Okay. I've given up takeaways for Lent. Look, it's in a lemon. Mm. That is nice. That looks great. And then... So Perry's tried all of the desserts on the menu. So there's one that you can get and it's like a quarter of a pineapple filled with pineapple ice cream. Jordan got the coconut supreme, which was half a coconut shell with coconut Shit. ice cream and a glacé cherry. Mm. Like desiccated oh. coconut in it. Oh. So I just keep wanting to get dessert from Hung's. It was delicious. Oh, mm. Sounds great. 
If you were craving chi- you wanted to order a Chinese, didn't you? I'd give it up for Lent. Oh, yeah. I don't normally partake in these Lenten activities. When's but... Lent over? I don't know. <laughs> Soon, I hope. I once gave up bread corn. for Lent with um, mm. my old, like, someone I used to work with. And she caught me as I was mid eating a, a minute, little tiny baby burger at an event and she was like giving up bread yeah and I was like oh, shit there's <laughs> <laughs> many sliders from in line yeah what she didn't know though was that earlier on that day on route to the event I bought a sandwich <laughs> <laughs> I love a secret eating mm. um what can't you stop thinking about so this week I mean we're all going to say the same thing aren't we this week I can't stop thinking about coronavirus but in particular coronavirus conspiracy theories yeah mm. Because I just think it's all a little bit... I mean, obviously it's horrible and it's horrific and I'm actually bypassing my conspiracy theories quite a lot now and getting quite worried. But I think it's a little bit convenient how much they're, you know, the media are talking about it and aren't really talking about other things mm. like Brexit. And the fact that, you know, the coronavirus is impacting where we can travel to, but actually so is Brexit mm. and it's almost like a cover-up for that. Yeah, I saw some uh, something on Twitter that was like, if only coronavirus's PR company did the same for climate change. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> Which is great. Yeah, that's, that is that's a, what that is I a keep point, seeing. Yeah. If coronavirus, I mean, now I know it's, I mean, this was more when it was starting and, you know, everyone was like, oh, it's mm. mass hysteria, blah, blah, blah. But obviously it is getting more serious with countries yeah. going into lockdown, whatever. But people were like, yeah, if climate change was covered by the media as well as coronaviruses mm. and mm. in so much detail everyone would step their game up <laughs> it's ridiculous but there's, there's more what was the other one that you were saying that it's man-made is that another yeah i've seen that theory flying around that it's man-made almost but there was like an article that found like a book from 1981 that basically details this and details coronavirus and how it's man-made and it's basically that it doesn't live on any surfaces because once everyone, once the population has died, then whoever's created it can go in and take over that country, which I think is a bit far, but... Bit yeah, far-fetched. also, there's been, like, so many different books where they're like, this book predicted it, yeah, this book predicted the it. The Simpsons. Yeah. yeah. But apparently, I mean, I don't know because I haven't seen an actual text with mm. it written in, but apparently a lot of these things are sort of doctored mm. and mm. stuff like that. People yeah. edit it to make it look worse than it is. So mm. it might... Because there was one that was doing the rounds and it was like talking about this pandemic that started in Wuhan. And obviously that's where it started. Yeah. But someone could have changed the name in the book to be Wuhan or whatever. You Mm. don't actually know until you've got the text. Also, like, you know, the media are reporting that like certain, like Westfields is like dead and there's no one Mm. there. And then like, obviously you see people on social media and they're like, I'm at Westfields, it's fucking busy. Yeah. Um, so I wouldn't even be surprised if the media like actually we just have a shortage of like toilet paper and the media have reported it and then everyone's going fucking mad trying to get toilet paper because I just yeah. don't get the toilet paper no exactly it doesn't make any sense that like, makes any sense of it. a little yeah. bit mm. that makes because, sense because um, I saw something earlier and I was like oh we never went when you bought yeah it's like oh once we get a flu that gives us all diarrhea we'll all be going out and buying nasal sprays (laughs) (laughs) and it's like all the toilet paper's gone but all the cleaning supplies are still there yeah Yeah. priorities kids come on someone else wrote like oh you think um that they're like oh yeah she's not spoke yet you know you've been very quiet luna's here 
Ashley's baby. <laughs> my baby. Um, so my brother has run out of toilet paper and he said that he's too embarrassed to go buy any because he doesn't want people to think that <laughs> he's one of the... I was like, oh God, just go buy some fucking... Okay, do- boomer. Yeah. <laughs> it is true though. But yeah, someone wrote that, um, oh, isn't it surprising that like there's still like shitloads of orange juice and like mm. oranges available and stuff. You think people would be trying to like boost their immune systems. But no, I just bothered about the crap. Mm. What about you? Uh, so it is themed, Corona themed. Oh God, mine what? isn't. So I'll give you some light relief at the end of the episode. If I'd light relief last week. <laughs> um, well, no, it's mine is light relief. I'm making the best out of a bad situation. Okay. I'm for one, it's TikTok. Yeah, it's getting me through, making me laugh in these dark times. Two, <laughs> I think I'm gonna get Sims Four for quarantine. <laughs> oh, do you know what? I saw you post that last night, and now I'm a little bit disappointed that you haven't already bought it. Well, how much is she? So only tw- fifteen pound, I think. What? What for well, desktop? Yeah, for Mac, I think. Yeah. Oh. But um, so me and my housemate. Yeah, can I put, can yes. I put it on my work computer? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Your drive is full, Sonia. Yeah, it's Sims Four. Me and my housemates were saying we might buy an old PS One or PS Two and get some. Crash Bandicoot going. Oh my Tekken god! Two. Can I oh. isolate at your house? Yeah, and then I said we need to get Monopoly and all, yeah. all these things. That's a great yeah. idea. But yeah, no, I used to have Sims Two. I don't think I ever got three. Maybe I got three, but I would spend eight hours, hours a day. My mum oh, would yeah. scream at me. Like I, I remember going to like sleepovers and like not actually having it at my own house at that time. And being at sleepover and them having it, so I would be up all night, oh, like creating families and homes, yeah. rather yeah. than sleeping. I was quite obsessive with it. Yeah, mm, so I get too. really invested in the family life. Me yeah. and my brother at one point thought we were Sims because we were so obsessed with it, and we would walk around the house <laughs> like Sims. You know, like they can't, like they have to like walk like that and yeah. then turn like that and then walk forward well, and then turn, and like we'd go up to the wall and be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> <laughs> the the TikTok Sims. Yeah, oh. that's good. Yeah. Did you used to like create your crush and then like yeah. get married? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have lots of babies, mm. go in the hot tub, woohoo. <laughs> woohoo. <laughs> I was always woohoo. And the love seat. Yeah. Mm. It's a shame you're not in real life. Yeah. Yeah. Not anymore anyway. God. Corona's cock blocking me. Yeah. <laughs> not during isolation. No. Son? <laughs> so, as I was speaking to you guys earlier, I think I'm going to embrace my natural curls. Yeah. So I've naturally got really curly hair. I've hated it. I've straightened it my whole life. Like as soon as I got my first pair of straighteners when I was, what, 14 or 15. And yeah, I've worn it. I have worn it natural a few times. People always like it, but I hate it. And I've never, I've always thought, oh, nah, my curls are just gross. Like I just don't have nice ones, whatever. Not really put using my common sense and thinking you need to, treat your curls you need to look after your curls so then i was doing some research found this girl on instagram who documented her curl journey and she's got similar sort of hair to me um so at the minute my curls are obviously really damaged so they're like flat frizzy not that curly but i used to have ringlets not like ringlet ringlets but you know really Mm. curly hair and so, yeah, I'm just going to follow her method, see what happens, see if I can get some nice curls going. So I need to buy some products still. I've bought some tools. So I'm going to be be doing that. So it's going to be, it's probably a good time to start the journey while we're being, while we're going to be mm. self-isolated because it can get through the awkward stage. Then I'm going to yeah. come out of self-isolation, blossom. Yeah. It's that when you Hopefully I'll be skinny because we'll be on rations. Mm. Yeah. 
<laughs> it's like when you try and grow back your eyebrows and it's like you have that awful stage. Yeah, so I just think like today my hair looks a bit shit, but I just think but it if doesn't. This, doesn't. But if this is the worst it's going to look mm. and I'm comfortable going out with it, like yeah. I, mean, I wouldn't go on a night out with it or like if I was going somewhere and really wanted to look nice and stuff but mm. for day to day if I can go out with my hair looking like this then and this is the worst it's going to mm. be do you curl your hair or do you just only straighten it no I used to curl it quite a lot but the thing is with my hair I'd always have to straighten it first and, and then, then curl, curl so it would yeah. be like double, double heat yeah. and mm. so I would rarely curl it but yeah I'm going to give this I'm going to give this a go yeah I'll, I'll probably do it with you you inspired me yeah Next week's thinking about for me. Yeah, <laughs> my silk pillowcase. <laughs> yeah, great. We hope you've enjoyed. Yeah, hope you've enjoyed. Loved yeah. it. Thanks, Thanks for guys. On. Yeah, I think that's Oh god, I've yeah. learnt a lot. Same. Not just the terms. How do you remember all those terms? Yeah, I know. Oh yeah, I feel like I've been brainwashed. Yeah, it's not a bad thing. Mm. Spread the word. Mm. Yeah, but thanks for coming on. And again, just say your socials. For everyone to go and follow uh, you. Yeah, thanks for having me. Um, so social wise is at Skinner Ashley, and then for more endo related stuff is dear dot sunflowers, both on Instagram. Excellent. Great. Yeah. And do the usual spiel. Playlist. Follow the playlist. Leave us a review. <laughs> Please. Fucking We've not review. had a written review since January. It actually makes us so happy as well. Okay. <laughs> Bleep needs to do one. Yeah, I know. I don't know why he's not picking Fucking up my bleep. <laughs> Come on, bleep. Yeah, he needs to do one. But yeah, have a great week. Um, whether you're isolating or not. Stay Maybe positive. you can go back and listen through all our old episodes. I know, I How might. I might do that because it might make me feel like I'm, you know, with what? you. Oh, I'm that's self-isolating. Nice. Bye. Bye. Bye.